Hey, real quick, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming conference that you might be interested in attending. It's the Joy in the Home Marriage and Family Conference featuring Todd as the guest speaker. It takes place Saturday, September 17th at Foothills Community Church in Marble Hill, Georgia. Hey, that's my church. The conference will start at 5.30 p.m. with dinner provided just prior to the conference at 4.30 p.m. by Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I told him to do that just to get up Todd's nose. So if you live in the North Georgia area or you just want to make the drive, make your plans now to attend on Saturday, September the 17th by going to foothillscommunitychurch.org to get all of the details and your tickets. We can't wait to see you. And now, our British friend. Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1... Welcome to Virtual Reality Church. Welcome to our virtual church. Zoom church is not church. Is there some type of way for a virtual congregation? You're not a congregation if you don't congregate. We have just finished our virtual church. You can worship in the comfort of your own home and at your convenience. When you combine this access with the loss of the local, I become my own confession and I go around the World Wide Web listening for echoes that say back to me what I've already decided to believe. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Frio. Let's see what you've been up to. It's the Wretched Radio mail call delivery bag Q&A infotainment nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, don't need Jimmy. You I'm just going to let that linger. <laughs> don't need Jimmy to tell me what's in the mailbag because I'm sure, Jimmy, you were inundated with requests for me to sing some more Sammy Davis Jr. Am I right about that? Uh, halfway. Halfway. I got a lot of requests to beep you next time you did it. <laughs> well... I can't imagine why you <laughs> wouldn't have enjoyed. <laughs> Even a dog tilts their head when they hear me sing, and I and I can read their. I'm I'm, I'm like most philosophers. I I can read the mind of a dog. They're saying, "What key is that exactly?" and can I have something to eat? Pretty much what they're thinking. Please send questions, comments, conundrum snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. We start with Kevin, who says, Todd, I'm 36 years old. And after some recent family drama, I've come to the realization that my mother is a narcissist. I'm wondering what is the best way I can still honor her, but also keep safe boundaries between her, myself, my wife and children. <sighs> I, I honestly, I think that I have to answer that question. With a question. <clears throat> Who can take the rainbow? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> Let's, first of all, define narcissistic behavior or tendencies. It's a word that has a pretty broad semantic range. Let's just say, for the sake of our conversation, that this is the individual who tends to display their self-affection. In other words, they're selfish, they're self-centered, the world revolves around them they are Captain U-Planet, and living with somebody like that ain't a gas. And it's not fun if those people who have those tendencies are your parents. This might be a principle that helps you navigate through all kinds of choppy familial relations. Please note, before I suggest or say this, 
children should honor parents. Even when you're no longer a child, you should be honoring your father and mother. You should strive for that. And even if they are narcissistic, you still want to honor them, not badmouth them, not talk to other people and gossip about them. You want to honor them as best you can. Having said that, sir, your priority is your family unit. The children that God has given to you, the spouse that the Lord has provided, they are the ones that you are be, to be protecting. And if that means you must do it from somebody that you love, where you share a sort of similar DNA, but not completely identical, uh, you got to do it. Now, it should be done lovingly, respectfully, patiently, giving opportunities to see change and hoping that they will get better and not be so narcissistic in their attitudes. And in the meantime, you can set up boundaries to keep yourself safe. The reason that I wanted to give that preamble is because these days, most kids go, look, my parents, they're all they're narcissistic. They're driving me nuts. I'm out. Don't do that. Do not do that. You can keep yourself safe without cutting them off completely and hoping for restoration, hoping that they will repent, hoping that they will get better. So maintain that balance, recognizing your family, the, the people underneath your roof are the ones primarily that you are to be protecting, even if it's from your mother. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right, this one comes from Mercy. He says, hi, Mr. 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 Friel. I would really like to be a missionary one day, but I hear uh, everyone who are already are missionaries say how they were called by God to be one. Mm -hmm. So how do I know if I'm actually being called or I just think I'm being called? <laughs> Two ways, internal and external. You've got to have a sense inside of you. I've got to do this. I just, I, I have such a burning passion. It's not just an interest but amusing. It might be kind of fun to go to a new culture, be immersed in a new way of living. That's not an internal call. An internal call is a burning desire. I do this lest I die, but it doesn't stop there. Then you must receive an external call, which means others must affirm your gifting. Others in your local church, your elders, the people who know you best, you should seek their wisdom and, wisdom and say, you know, I really desire to do this. Do you see me doing this? Is, do you think this is my gifting? Do you think I'm qualified? Do you think that I at least meet the standard of deacon? If they say yes, thumbs up, pack your bags, you can skedaddle. If they don't, then you're not called. Questions, comments, conundrum, snarks, idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Ruben. Todd, uh, today it's hard enough to buy only American-made products, but what about products from corporations that support abortion and unbiblical practices? Yeah. What's our biblical response to shopping at those corporations? Most likely the keyboard and the computer that you used to type that query is from an organization that does bad things with the money that they make. You're, you're just not going to escape it. And, and this, this, this is not a pragmatic view of life. Jesus tells us we're to be in this world, but not of this world. 
that if we cut off everybody who is a pagan, we aren't going to be accomplishing the command that we've been given to be salt and light. We've got to live in this place. And we see Jesus not finding himself agitated by people in commerce who have bad values. Furthermore, Paul, he encouraged you can eat meat sacrificed to idols, which means you're going to eat meat, perhaps of somebody who's a witch or a sorcerer. You're just buying the meat. What they do with the money is up to them. Be free. Now, if you feel like I just I'm sinning if I do this, well, then you're not free to do it. But if you don't feel that your conscience is being violated, then you can shop anywhere you want, buy anything that isn't sinful, and know that you're not sinning. Questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, idea at wretched.org. All right, this one comes from Butch, who says, Dear Todd, I feel like Jesus is being insulted each week at my church regarding how the people are dressed during our Sunday services. The ushers, both male and female, wear short shorts and flip-flops. And women who come to services uh, wear short shirt, short shorts and tank tops. So how could I approach that? Very, very carefully. <laughs> I recognize that different cultures, different zip codes can have different standards. There can be different settings that have different demands on how it is that we clothe ourselves. I get, I get that. Having said that, I think that the clothing issue in a church, you, you might not like this, it's a maturity issue. It's a deeper understanding of what it is that we are doing on Sunday morning. It's a deeper understanding of the God that we worship is awesome, not like Ted and Ted and what was the name of the Keanu Reeves? Ted and Bill Ted. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Dude, it's awesome. <laughs> no, he is awesome. And when we assemble on Sunday morning, we are doing the most important thing, the most transcendent thing human beings can partake in. Ending a sentence with a preposition. That's not right. Worshiping God, hearing from heaven through the mouth of a sinful man as he proclaims the word of God. Whoa. I have to confess to you, I've seen this so many times. Pastor Groovy, Pastor Flip Flop, he, he, will, he will be called to do a funeral or a wedding. Suddenly, we discover he owns a suit and tie. And you say, whoa, dude, you're dressed up. Well, special occasion. Bingo! Is church a special occasion? And the answer is, it is the most special occasion, and we should reflect that in our attire. So how would I go about affecting that change? I'm not sure that I'd be firing away a lot at what people are wearing. Getting into the flip-flop conversation, I think you can say to your elders, um, some of these women, it's really problematic. And I and these teenage boys, <laughs> could, we, could you do something about that? But as far as getting people to dress up for church, I take a long view on that. I would work on teaching people, growing them in their understanding of God, what it is that we do. So teaching ecclesiology and those things will tend to take care of themselves and increasingly people will get it and it should organically reflect what it is that we are doing on Sunday morning. And if I just might add this, seriously, 99 times out of 100, 
most people should not be wearing flip-flops. Thank you. This is Wretched Radio. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at Tomorrow Clubs Hey, hey, thank you for tuning in to Wretched Radio today. We certainly appreciate your time. Did you know there is actually something in existence that gives you information on things happening at Wretched? Things like upcoming product launches or details on upcoming seasons of our productions of Wretched Radio, Wretched TV, Road Trip to Truth, Transformed, and Breaking Bread. Also, information on job openings here at Wretched. Information on upcoming sales in the Wretched store. What I'm referring to is the monthly Wretched newsletter. If you're not already receiving the Wretched newsletter, you're missing out on all of these things and more. The Wretched newsletter also contains thorough and in-depth messages on a wide range of theological topics, and that's not all. As a Wretched newsletter subscriber, you're also eligible for resources that we give away daily here at Wretched. So sign up and don't miss out on any of this stuff by becoming a Wretched newsletter subscriber by visiting our website at wretched.org, scroll to the bottom of the page, and fill out the form. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit medishare.com slash wretched affordable biblical health sharing christians paying for other christians medical bills which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for bad stuff second of all you can save on average 500 dollars per month and finally medishare it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years it works and the members including myself and mrs freel love it which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance if inflation has got you down call up the people at medishare 844-34-BIBLE or medishare.com wretched important dates in christian history 988 AD. After examining several religions, Vladimir, Prince of Kiev, chooses Orthodox Christianity to unify and guide the Russian people. Even after a century of atheistic communist rule, Orthodoxy remains at the core of life in Eastern Europe to this day. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Do not panic, but I have an idea. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, here's my thinking. Okay. The questions that you go through, that you receive, and that you share on air. How deep is your stack of questions? 
<laughs> huh? okay, just like like in your current pile a potential quest. What? Like four, <laughs> six inches tall? Yes. See, that's why I had a thought. Ooh, that's chilling. I was thinking, I know this is kooky, because so many of the questions, they are so, they're smart, they're thoughtful, and they're they're so earthy. It's like, hey, we're talking about real life here. And I think as we pursue an answer to earthly questions, we see a divine reality and we get sharpened up in our thinking and our dualistic tendencies are shrunk. We stop seeing the Bible and religion and church as the thing that sits on the nightstand or that we visit when we pray before food or we do it on Sunday mornings, maybe send the kids to vacation Bible school. No, Christianity encompasses all of life. There is no subject of life and godliness that is not spoken about in some way, shape, or form in your Bible. And that's what I think is so helpful about this. So, Jimmy, my thinking is we dedicate an entire week to mailbag. That's a good idea. Can we do a month? Wait, wait. wait I'm sorry. <laughs> no, just just rewind the tape for a minute. You said, mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea. Uh, you haven't had, no, you, you have well, good ideas, Todd. That- <laughs> You hired me. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that was the last one. Please send questions, comments, conundrum snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Rob. Todd, why is it that some pastors don't bring Bibles to the pulpit? They bring a piece of paper or a few pieces of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he, he, the reason that I suspect that this fellow is asking about that is because he doesn't think it's good for a pastor to do that. And I get that. Don't worry, Pastor. If you don't take your Bible into the pulpit, hang in there for a second. I get that because it shows a man who uses his Bible. It models something for the people and it encourages, without saying a word, bring yours. The expectation is we're turning pages. And as more and more pages are heard being flipped through when the when the pastor announces a Bible verse, people are more inclined to bring their own Bible. And there is a big benefit to that. You don't just hear the word, which is fine, but you, you see it. You can make notes. You can look at the context. You can check out your study notes. Assuming, of course, you have a MacArthur study Bible, which I didn't do this on purpose. But I had another idea, Jimmy, and I think it's a good one. What's that? The Philippines. We've got brothers and sisters there who do not have a Bible, period, let alone a MacArthur study Bible. Be honest. You use yours all the time. What? What is, what is that referring to? What does that word actually mean? And you zip down to your footnote. Ah, thank you, footnote. It's a joy to have a study Bible, and our brothers and sisters in the Philippines are without. We want to send thousands of them partnering with the Master's Academy International, this great organization. It's a part of Grace Community Church, Master's Seminary, Master's U. They normally are training pastors, and that's what they continue to do through many seminaries around the world. But now we're working together to send MacArthur study Bibles to local churches. Why? What, what, what's, what's the thinking behind that? Because Believe me, TMAI never does anything without a lot of thinking. (laughs) They're always so smart. It's a little frightening, frankly. But you've got a pastor now who's trained through the Master's Academy International who's preaching the word. And that's most excellent. But that's the only time that they hear the word exposited. 
throughout the course of the week. They don't even have a Bible. What an impact if they not only had a Bible, but a MacArthur study Bible. Can you imagine home devotions? Can you imagine individual devotions? Can you imagine now discipling, teaching one another, Sunday school class, counseling? If you can, please consider sending MacArthur study Bibles to our brothers and sisters in the Philippines. You can do that at wretched.org slash Bible. Wretched.org slash Bible. But that wasn't actually the question. Jimmy, what was the question, incidentally? (laughs) Why is it that some pastors don't bring Bibles to the pulpit? Okay, so I've got a bit of a memory problem. You know, speaking of Bibles in churches, have I told you about the Master's Academy International? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I think it's good that they do that. I think it models something for the people. Is it... A sin if they don't. And I think we have to conclude, no, it's not, because you'd have to find a Bible verse that at least hints that a pastor who mounts the sacred desk must bring a MacArthur study Bible to the platform. You just, you just don't find that. I think it is beneficial. I think it's helpful. I, and, and, and I have to confess, maybe I see it that way because I, just because of, I don't know if you've noticed, my attention span struggles sometimes. I, I, I like to have everything in the outline that I bring into the pulpit. So I put the Bible verses there. And I, you want a little inside preacher info? If I don't have to go looking for it in my Bible while you are in the pew, it buys me time. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it does. That's not why I did it originally. I just did it because I just I want to have it there. I want to be able to see it. I want to be able to think it through a little bit. But the blessing of it is buying time. Now, you think, well, that's just downright sneaky, Friel. That ain't nearly as sneaky as Ray Comfort, who, when he finds himself off track, that he forgets what he was talking about, and that for the third time, he encourages you to go to wretched.org slash Bible to send MacArthur Study Bibles to our brothers and sisters in the Philippines. He will say, please turn your Bible to Zechariah 3. Zechariah 3. And then he looks at his notes, gets his thoughts together, discovers where he is and where he needs to go, and then he just starts going. And he never turns to Zechariah. It's nothing but a ruse. Now, pastor, you can't do that many times because pretty soon people are going to start to catch on. That is a pastor (laughs) sneak tip to help him be a little bit more better at preaching. So if you have a pastor who's not doing it, you could share with him, you know, Pastor, I've seen some other, they bring it in there. And I got to tell you, when I first saw that, I felt really convicted. And I saw the pastor working his way through the Bible. And that was really impactful. Just food for thought. I wouldn't make it a big deal. The guy's not sinning. The guy's not a heretic. I think it's good, but I don't think it's mandatory. But sending questions, comments, conundrum snarks to idea at wretched.org is. Okay, this one is from uh, Sam. Todd, I, I was recently out at a local grocery store and crossed paths with a man that I know. He goes out on Saturdays in the community and witnesses. Yay. He walked into the grocery store and walked up to me and said, quick, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I plainly said bananas, and he said, great. That's where I need to go. I'll go to the bananas and share the gospel. He said, that sounds a little bit mystic to me. So how should I approach that? Hmm. 
Jimmy. Yes. Let, let, let's let's you and I try this. So if you'd be kind enough, you're the guy who goes out every Saturday to preach. You see me in the grocery store. Go ahead and ask the question. Quick. Yeah. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Sending MacArthur Study Bibles to the <laughs> Philippines. Wretched.org slash Bible. Thanks for asking. I don't think that I've mentioned that in a while. No, no, no. I'm. It is mystical. It definitely is mystical, but it is not uncommon these days. You have very high-profile preachers and preacherettes. I'm not going to mention the name of Beth Moore, but you've got a lot of people who tell you that you can hear from God and that God communicates through signs and symbols. Oh, such a dangerous and bad way to live. What Bible verse provides your translation method? Okay, so I'm, I'm standing here in, in, the, in the wretched studio. And I'm looking at the wall in front of me, and there is a fire detector, fire alarm. Huh. I think that means that I'm supposed to be talking about hell a lot. That's what God's telling me. What? Are you kidding? What kind of gibberish is that exactly? And so it is mystical to be seeking signs, interpreting signs, have somebody say the first thing that comes to your mind because God then is speaking through that synapse. Does that seem like God? Just consider the horrible books that have been written throughout the ages and how impactful they are. Books can change the globe. Communist Manifesto, Origin of Species, Descent of Man, etc. Pick your favorite worst book. God chose to write stuff down for communication so that we can understand clearly his mind and his will for our lives. And it is sufficient. And therefore, we shouldn't go seeking for ways of God, different ways that he might be communicating to me. He's clear. He's emphatic. He doesn't mumble. He's not coy. And he's certainly not mystical. Aye, aye. What, so what if, what if the guy had said... Um, uh, Jimmy, let's do it again. Role play number two. <laughs> what, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Suicide. Oh. What? what? Uh, maybe. I knew it. Gladys down the hall. She's been really depressed. I gotta go. That is no way for a Christian to live. We have a sufficient word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And if we truly do believe it is sufficient, you don't need to be a mind interpreter this is wretched radio this is wretched radio and i'm jimmy hanks suspected Fulani herdsmen and other terrorists in nigeria have killed six pastors and kidnapped 27 christians over the past few months according to reports Northern Nigeria is engulfed in terrorist attacks by Muslim extremists who are constantly invading predominantly Christian communities. And I would venture to say they continue to lead the world this year so far for the number of Christians who were murdered for their faith. And as we continue telling you repeatedly here at Wretched, please make sure that you are continuing to pray for all of our brothers and sisters abroad. According to reports, the Attorney General of the state of Washington has been violating the religious freedoms of a Seattle Christian University by attempting to force the school to hire individuals who disagree with the school's statement on scripture and sexuality. And the school is suing the attorney general. You can't think for yourself anymore. The government's going to do all of the thinking for you. But the only problem is there's not very many in the government who can actually 
think. And a pretty large church in Arkansas has voted to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church over the denomination's debate over same-sex marriage and homosexual leadership in the church. Over 1,300 members came to the vote last week, where 69% of First United Methodist Church Jonesboro voted to disaffiliate and will seek to join the new, more conservative Global Methodist Church denomination. Let's all continue praying for our Methodist brothers and sisters, as well as our Southern Baptist brothers and sisters, who seem to still be in a state of oddness following this year's annual convention that saw a refusal to address CRT once again. Also, a really weird All About Me speech from Rick Warren and another report from the convention's credentials committee that claimed not to know how to define the term pastor. And this week, several Southern Baptist theologians, including Al Mohler, released a statement concerning the Baptist faith and message and the word pastor. The document states that pastor means one who fulfills the pastoral office and carries out pastor's functions. The central responsibility of the pastor is to preach and teach, and the role of a pastor is biblically defined as to be held by men as qualified by scripture. That seems clear to me and anyone else who would honestly read the Bible. But for the liberal types who seek to redefine words and push their agenda, it's really, really hard to know what a pastor is. Now, the Florida Department of Education has told public schools in the state that they do not have to follow the new Biden administration policy that prohibits sex-specific restaurants, say that three times fast, and requires schools to allow biological males on girls' sports teams. The policy is not binding law and does not create any new legal obligations, according to the Florida Department of Education. You know, it's funny how we haven't seen any laws regarding females who want to join male sports teams. I wonder why that is. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible The prophet Jeremiah preached judgment and repentance to Judah for more than 40 years. He was mocked, beaten, and imprisoned. But in the end, God's judgment came upon Judah. When you hold fast to the Word of God, you will be heartbroken, mocked, and even persecuted. But let Jeremiah remind you that every Word of God will prove true. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. <laughs> Here we go. One Radio. That's the number of the old toll free. If you've got a question, comment, conundrum, or snark that you would like to voice, we would love to hear your dulcet tones. One eight seven seven two eight two. Dear Mister 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 Jerk, question for you: What if God is so holy that He cannot look upon sin? How then could He look upon Adam and Eve in the garden after their rebellion? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why he called you a jerk, but I kind of like that. Well, I do. <laughs> I am working on it, but nevertheless, old habits die hard. God cannot look upon sin. The question is, what does that mean? It does not mean that God is not aware of what is happening. That would violate his omniscience. God knows everything that is going on. He's very aware. He is very near. He is imminent. He is close. There isn't a molecule that he is not aware of and ordering their activities. So then you wonder, what would be the understanding of God cannot look upon sin? I, I think the answer is God doesn't fellowship with sin. God doesn't 
God doesn't permit sin. God doesn't like sin. God is going to deal with sin. His righteousness and his justice demands that there is a day where all sinful things are dealt with in a court of law. His. So that's, I think, the better understanding of it. God is imminent. He sees everything, but he's not going to fellowship with it, and he's not going to dwell with it. That is why you and I need to be justified, made righteous, and glorified to be living with God. Otherwise, he would be, if you will, endorsing sin, and he never does that. Please send, no, please call, voice, Articulate your questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, one eight seven seven two eight two. Hi, Todd. What's your take on stay-at-home dads? Uh, let me give the exception before I give the rule, because if you give the rule without the exception, then somebody's going to be upset. I think that there can be exceptions for a season. I think that there can be times with family dynamics, considerations, just the way things happen to be working at the moment where it can make sense and it's wise for dad to temporarily stay home and run the household. So do I believe that there can be exceptions? Yes. Do I believe, though, that it should be ongoing? And the answer is no. God has ordered things. This this really is a roles issue. And when you go back to Genesis, you see immediately that God is establishing complementary roles. Can a dad stay home and raise the kids? Yeah, but he doesn't do it as well as mom. That's a fact. You say, well, I know some dads. It's a fact. Most men are not as good as most women at nurturing. Don't use the exception to overturn the rule. God identifies women as the soft ones. Isha, woman. He identifies the male as the hard one, Ish. And that that just immediately tells us that God has built two different genders that are more than just chromosomally different. There's a, there, it's not just XX versus XY. It's biological reasons. It's physical reasons. It's performative reasons that he has made the genders different. Ultimately, because that's what it takes to glorify him and all of his attributes. He has imbued us with certain characteristics. Men are to be the worker. That's why you see God's response to the fall. Sir, your work, it ain't going to be fun like it used to be. You're going to sweat. There's going to be thorns. There's going to be thistles. Madam, your job, having children, that ain't going to be so fun either because of the fall. God has marked out roles for us. And I will say this, that when we strive to obey them, despite the, the clattering shouts of our society, yeah, well, that's just old-fashioned, it's stupid. All men can do, women can do anything. I, I, th- I think it diminishes femininity and masculinity because it's like left hand, right hand. It just diminishes that really women have nothing special about them. Huh? So they're just like a dude. Really? And men don't have anything that is intrinsically different than nothing. We're just we're exactly the same. We just have different body parts. No, God has made us to complement one another in particular roles. And when we strive to be obedient to his ordering of society, family, church, 
home, things will go better. God will honor that. God will bless that. So try to start working toward the fellow being the one who becomes the predominant breadwinner for the family, because that's his job assigned by God himself. Work towards that. And any pastor who is pastoral isn't going to say, okay, lady, quit, get home, dude, go get it. LinkedIn, get on it. Be a work to we, we We need a little more grace than that. Life is a little bit more complex than that. I think the ideal is if a woman can stay home, the man goes to work. That is the ideal that we should strive for. And God blesses that configuration. Please call with questions, comments, conundrums, snarks. Even if you disagree with what I just said, don't forget. Yeah, there's some exceptions. It can be going on, but it should only be temporarily. one 282 Hey, Todd, I got a question for you. First of all, I'm just glad he sounds like he likes me and doesn't think that I'm a jerk. Hey, Todd, I got a question for you. Which means he hasn't been listening for long. Hmm, scratch that. For my work, I go in and out of houses every day and I interact with the general public. My boss is a Christian and he says he's okay with me sharing the gospel with customers when it's appropriate. What are some ways that I can use to tell when it's appropriate to share it or not? I'm not trying to lose my job out here, but I do have a burden for the lost, and I want to see people get saved. You are going to love what sounds like a really ambivalent answer. Here it is. You just know. You just know. The other day was watching a Ray Comfort video, and I think the title of it was, This Woman Couldn't Wait for the Conversation to End. (laughs) You get it. You sense it. So, witness initiate if you've been given permission to do that well done good on you for doing so and if they're like you know uh well hey look uh, don't you have to like repair the hvac now then then you kind of get the gist of it so you're following the rules that your employer has given to you you're not sinning by shutting down a conversation because you're agitating a customer you're submitting to your boss playing by his rules which in this instance is a pretty broad swath Start it, perhaps, for instance, you could say, you know, I've got this book. Could I give you this booklet? It's called Solving the God Puzzle. I got it at wretched.org slash puzzle for free. If I would give away as many copies as I ordered, they would send them free, including shipping at wretched.org slash puzzle. Would you like to read this? Something like that could get the job done. And if you sense, uh uh-oh, they're getting annoyed, then obey your boss. one 282 Hello, Mr. Carrillo. I was wondering, what are your takes on how a new Christian should interact with the unbelieving world, such as co-workers or just people, you know, you're bound to interact with? Yeah. Uh, I'm a little slow to want to put any sort of constraints on the initial enthusiasm of one who has to tell people what they have seen and heard. I, 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 I just, I just... I, I don't want to stifle that in any way, shape, or form. So with the encouragement that go get a man, go just go share, just tell people, you just won't even believe this. You will not. This is so fantastic that God, the creator of everything, looks down, 
cares to know my name, cares to know my frame, sees that I am totally broken, sends his son to die for me, a busted sinner in rebellion to him. Isn't that amazing grace? Would you like to know that, God? Rock on. You, you, you just go share that exuberantly. The only little consideration that I would offer to you is that you are careful that you don't uh, become demanding and giving off the vibe. And we can give off vibes that it's like, this is right and you're just wrong. No, you are right and they are wrong. <laughs> but you don't want them to feel that coming from you. So if you find yourself putting people off regularly, it probably means that you're you're being a little, hey, hey, you know, I, I know you go to church, but that church is really awful. And do you even know the gospel? Okay, you, you, you don't want to be approaching it like that. Speak truth in love. Share it, not just because the Lord has revealed amazing grace to you, but because you care about this person and you want them to know the joy that you now have. And they should feel that. They should just go, okay, this guy's not being a jerk. And if you find yourself repelling a lot of people, find some folks who can work with you to say, yeah, you know, I do notice this, so that you can grow in that regard. Otherwise, I say share away. This is Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today, offering free, loving, Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched are we heading toward a dystopian society who decides what is good and evil who decides what truth is are there such things as fate or free will morals are we born with those or does the culture we live in inform them those are all really good questions and topics that we tackle daily on wretched radio and tv our goal has always been to preach the gospel equip others to preach the gospel and strengthen the local church. And we're only able to do that with the help of our gospel partners. If you are a Wretched Gospel partner, thank you so much for your support, which has allowed us to create compelling quality productions that catch the eye of unbelievers, but aren't so cringy they make believers blush. And if you aren't currently, would you pray about becoming a monthly Wretched Gospel partner? Help us continue to reach millions all over the world with the gospel. Just visit wretched.org donate, or you can also so just as easily text the word wretched to the number 44321. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture and all of a sudden you hear 
everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur Study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines? They typically make about $12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing. $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Attributes of God. Aseity is the word for God's self-existence. Nobody made God. God is the unmoved mover who causes all other things to be. All things depend on God for their continued existence. God does not need His creation. He chose to create us to glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Here we go. Making church signs. You know you love us. You love us. You know you love us. You love us. You know you love us. Straight from the big guy. We know just what he'd say. Like, oh, maybe come down there. So then we put it on the freeway. Everybody look up. Church signs. This is Wretched Radio. one 282 beep Church sign. What part of thou shall not do you not understand? Thumbs up for me. I think a church sign that offers some conviction to a drive-by world is good. Want to be careful, though, conversely, how we articulate God's love. I don't think we should shut it down. I don't think it's a sin to put John 3.16 on your church sign. You just want to be careful that you don't affirm an individual. You know, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. As Paul Washer once sarcastically said, good. Then he agrees with me because I've got a wonderful plan for my life and I love me too. Don't want to give off that message, but you can wisely articulate that God is love, that God is caring. But if you are outside of him, you are going to feel, and I mean feel, his wrath. And a sign that indicates that, I got to tell you, um, unless it sounds testy, I say rock on, one 282 Third sign. You think it's hot now? Keep sitting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if I'm going to follow the rule that I just made up, yeah. Third sign. It's hot. Sunshine equals sin burn. See, this is why there are so many accidents. Church signs that are so complicated, people just get into rear-end crashes. Church sign. It's hot. Sunshine equals sin burn. Sunshine. I wonder if it's S O N. Yeah, I think so. Equal. <laughs> Brother Friel, I've been noticing the pattern of church signs and keeping an eye out. Found one. We are soul powered by the 
time. Okay, what is up with this? Th- is it a summertime <laughs> church sign book that we go to to pull out all of these sun references? <laughs> Do we have any more of these things? Honestly, what? Okay, I get it. It's the season. I got that. And as long as it's sound, okay. But something tells me that there are, there are people at churches that go to websites looking for church signs. And they even they become so sophisticated that they've actually got them ordered underneath seasons. Church sign. Let us pray. Squash the sin. Turn up at church. Oh, it's a vegetable pun. Church sign. Jesus brings the blessed out in me. Punny. Very, very punny. Church sign. Garden for Jesus. Squash injustice. Okay. Now we've got ourselves another. <laughs> did you do this on purpose? I did not. I just saved them and they come. <laughs> so this is a chronological sort of. <laughs> okay, Jimmy. Google church signs. Find a website that lists church signs and see if you can that they've got headers like summertime, fall, winter, etc., Easter. I'll bet you're going to find one. Go, man, go. One eight seven seven two eight two beep. If you see a church sign. Hello, Mister 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 Real. Finally, a good or decent church sign. Yay! Is your savior able? Is your savior able? That's you know what. I like that because it's convicting if people are thinking at all, because we are all idolaters. People have saviors that they concoct, and they can actually be real. This is not merely a figment of somebody's imagination. Well, you know, my God thinks like this, or I just think, you know, all truth that comes out of all these religions, you know, that's kind of how I... No, that's, that's not acceptable thinking, <laughs> but real idols can be things that actually exist. They can be found in a bottle of alcohol, of pills. It can be Netflix binging. It can be cherry licorice. I don't know why that came to mind as if I could like be buried in a vat of that and eat my way out of it. But we have saviors, people, things that are rescuing us. And God wants to play that role. God wants to be our strong tower. He wants to be our refuge. He wants to be our strength. And he's the best savior. He's the best source. And when we find ourselves running to fake saviors, I promise you, your idol will always break your heart. Jimmy? Yes. Was I right about this? Oh, yeah. All right, what, so what are, what are some of the categories here? Uh, Bible, uh, Canada Day. Uh, Canada oh, Day? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Columbus Day, death, Easter. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Go, click on the Columbus Day. What would be a church sign recommendation for, you know, <laughs> the high holy holiday of Columbus Day? It's nice to know that the world is round, but it's better to know Christ around. Oh, <laughs> I see what they did with the secular holiday there. Church sign, it's not hot as hell. Oh, again, summertime, theme. I'm, 
I hope these websites are monetized because they're making a fortune on this racket. Search sign. This church has prayer conditioning. There it is again. Okay, it's we that have time of year. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten. We've done ten church signs, and it's either about vegetables or the heat. It's that time of year. I guess it is. Church sign. We love hurting people. That's stupid. It doesn't have anything to do with the temperature or humidity <laughs> or green beans. So that's just dumb. Let me hear it again. Sign, we love hurting people. I'm okay with. Oh, wait a second. That's a problem. <laughs> See, this is why grammar can save lives. We love hurting people. Don't don't bring the kids there. They're going to get pummeled. Now, we love to help hurting people would probably be a little bit better. And incidentally, if you are going to market your church, I think that's one of the ways you can legitimately do it. I, I think there's a lot of dangerous ways that you could do it. People do it. Seeker sensitive, attractional model. But if you let people know, hey, we're a Bible teaching church, I say thumbs up to that. And if you want to announce to the community, if you're hurting, we can help you. We're the church of Jesus Christ, not of Latter-day Saints. We desire to help you. You can move from brokenness to wholeness in this place. Please join us and please send church signs to one eight seven seven. What? I just noticed this website has a miscellaneous category. Okay. The first one is if God filled out a 1040, you would be listed as a dependent. You know when you do that, don't you? April 15th. That's that's when that sign would oh, kill. Church sign. YOLO. JK. BRB. This is a quote from Jesus. Wait, what? YOLO. Yeah. JK. No, no, slow down. What's a YOLO? You only live once. Okay. JK. Just kidding. Just kidding. BRB. Be right back. This is a quote from Jesus. What? Because Jesus is coming back. But that's not what this says. And no, it's not what it says. Sure. Son. YOLO. JK. BRB. This is a quote from Jesus. What? B- what's <laughs> the last BRB? Be right back because he's returning. Okay, then. All right. <laughs> what, what exactly does that contemporary sign convey about the return of Jesus. It's like the guy who ziplined into his church saying, what better way to show the return of Jesus than ziplining into the church? Well, what better way? Well, let's see. It could start by a trumpet blast, a shout, a return of Jesus with his mighty angels in flaming fire, pouring out retribution. Instead, this guy, it's it's like it's like he was on a a, a, a what is the the snow tow when you go skiing and you have to hold the rope and it burns through your gloves and you find oh you catch on it go he was going about that fast onto the platform. What is that? It's not even close to the way Jesus is coming back. We, If you want to make a church sign about the return of Jesus Christ, I say rock on because it should be a threatening to the world and a comfort to Christians. And it should be a more regular thought in our life. The early church lived much more in expectation of the soon return of Jesus Christ. Let's preach that to the world. He's coming back, not JK or 
BLM or whatever the <laughs> thing was. BRB. Repent. Repent quickly. He's coming back. I've seen some signs like that. They tend to be pretty cheaply made, put on a telephone pole. Jesus is coming back. Repent. Not sure you can do much better than that. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.